Welcome to episode 96 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I'm going to talk all about programming your workouts. I get asked a lot, how do you put together a workout? Can I put together my own workouts? If I do, how do I do that? What do I need to consider? So we're going to chat through all of that today. Let's go. Hello, how are you? Coming to you today, it's a Thursday. I've worked out. I've gone for a walk in the beautiful spring air. I've played with my new puppy. I don't know if you've seen her yet. If you haven't, you have to check out my Instagram. You'll see my cute new Lily May. She is a mini golden doodle. She has been with us for a week and two days now. Wow, do I feel like an, a newbie? <laughs> a newbie. I do not know what I'm doing. We do not know what we are doing with this dog. We are sure trying our best. She's 11 weeks old, super duper cute, really smart. She gets out of every kind of like baby gate situation we've tried arranging. So either she has to be in her crate or our eyes have to be like fixed on her like every second because she just, if she gets left in the living room and somebody walks next door to the kitchen, mm -mm, she's just going to run. My husband um, had her in this cute little pen we have in the living room and ran upstairs to, I don't know, he went to get something, his phone. I think he forgot his phone. And he came down the steps and there she was in our front hallway, which is nowhere near our living room. So she's smart and um, we're going to try and learn to be smarter. Going to a trainer today. Uh, first lesson with Lily May. So that's what's new with me. Hope things are well in your neck of the woods. So today, let's talk about programming your workouts. Should you even be writing your own training programs? It's a really good question. And the answer is it depends, just like with many things. If you love learning about programming and you want to read about programming and study about programming and practice and try different things to learn more about programming, sure. It's a great way to learn. Program for yourself. Read other people's programs and try things and see what questions come up. It's a fantastic way to learn how to program. If you just want some results, like you want to get stronger, you want to build muscle, you want to improve your overall fitness level, you want to lose fat, then no, like writing your own workouts is not the best way to go. It's like fixing your own car. Could you do it? Sure. I'm sure I could fix my own car. I have zero idea how to do that, kind of like with my new puppy. I have zero idea what, what I'm doing. I'm sure I can be an expert at training this puppy soon. I'm sure if I wanted to, I could become an expert on fixing my minivan. <laughs> Should I do that? Probably not. It's not super interesting to me. I want to have a great minivan to drive. Look, or I don't really want a minivan, but it's what I have. Um, but to do it right, you're going to need to spend a lot of time learning. Just like if you want to like put a new engine in your car. You're going to have to study a lot. You're going to be reading books and talking to mechanics and um, watching YouTube and trying and failing and messing up. Is that what you want to do? Like, do you want to spend your time doing that or do you just want to pay a good mechanic? So they fix your engine and you just get to drive the minivan. That's what I would say. Same thing here. I would say most of you should be following a training program, not designing your own. But it can help a lot to understand more about what goes into designing a training program. So whichever camp you fall into, whether you really should be a person who's following another training program or whether you, should, you want to give a go at writing your own, I think today's um, podcast episode will be interesting to you. And if you do want to follow a training plan written by someone else, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can, like you could hire a coach. Uh, I'm expect, 
accepting applicants. I have a really long wait list, but you can certainly get on the list and I will program for you. But it doesn't have to be expensive. There are free programs out there that are good. Um, there are low cost programs out there, monthly memberships. But following a dedicated training program is going to get you really good results versus just trying a little of this and a little of that and making up stuff. Um, so whichever way you go, you want to have a training program that involves progression, that involves you doing the same thing week after week, minimum four weeks. You should be doing the same workouts four to six to eight. You could go longer, but probably somewhere four, six, eight weeks doing the same training programs each, you know, each Monday you do the same program or each first day of the, of your training week, you do the first train, you do that same training program for a minimum of four weeks. So that's really important. Don't just go grabbing a, you know, a swipe workout you find on Instagram and then getting another one for the next week. It's not going to give your body the stimulus it needs to change. All right. So let's hop into this. Step one, what do you need to do if you're going to write your own training program? Step one is to get clear on your goal because the goal determines the training. Do you want to run your first 5k? Do you want to have defined arms? Do you want to do a pull-up? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to get super strong? Now look, I don't program for running at all. I do support runners with strength training programming. My discussion today is going to be around specifically strength training, gaining strength, gaining muscle, general fitness, and fat loss. One super important point about that last one, about fat loss, fat loss is going to be mostly nutrition. Okay, mostly nutrition. So whatever you're training, you need to be dialing in your nutrition. And I have a ton of podcasts about nutrition. We talk nutrition here a lot. All right, so you're going to figure out your goal. Step two, so one of your, as I said, we're not, we're not having as a goal with the rest of the discussion here. We're not having as a goal like I want to run a 5K or I want to um, learn to climb a mountain. Like we're talking specifically strength, muscle building, um, general fitness, fat loss here today. So next we're going to figure out your training frequency. Most of my clients train either three or four days. I do have a few who train two. Um, you could also train five or six days. You have to have rest days, minimum one rest day. Training every single day isn't going to get you better results. It's actually going to get you worse results. And more days in a week training is not better than fewer days. What is best is to choose a training frequency that is going to work in your life. So if you know that you can commit to three, but in your mind, it would be better to commit to four. And so you program for four, but really you only do it three times. You're not getting as effective a workout in across that week as if you had just programmed for three workouts, right? So if you program all the work to take place on three days, you're going to get all the work done. Whereas if you program for all the work to take place over four days and you routinely skip one of those four days, you're not getting all the work in. So more is not better. Next step, we're going to have you decide your workout split. So if you've decided you're going to train two days per week, it's obvious what your training split is going to be. And that is you're going to do two full body days. Okay, two full body days. Give me just a second. I all of a sudden have a feeling that no, I, for a second, I was worried I wasn't recording, but I am. Okay, so that's two days full body. If you choose to train three days per week, there are a couple of good options. I'm going to give you two here. My favorite is the upper body, lower body, full body split. So it's just what it sounds like. 
one day you'll train. I usually start with lower body. So first training day of the week, we have you do lower body. Second training day of the week, we have you do upper body. And then the third day of the week, we have you do full body. Another really good option is to have three days across the week that are all full body. Also a really, really good option. I tend to go for the upper lower full just so there's more um, recovery time between the lower and the full. So I put lower first, then upper, then full, so that people who, you know, they get pretty sore doing lunges and squats and things have some more time before they get back to doing something like that again on their full body day um, versus having maybe just one day in between training those same movements. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. Full, full, full is a great training split. If you have chosen four days a week to be your training frequency, some options for you. My favorite option would be the upper, lower, upper, lower split. It's a really great split. So you train upper body twice, you train lower body twice. If you wanted to train five or six days, which again, I'm just going to keep saying this because everybody seems to think more days is better. It's not necessarily better. But if you are going to train five or six days, a couple of options, you could have that same basic four-day split I just told you upper, lower, upper, lower, and then have a fifth day, which is a specialization day. So it could be whatever you want to work on. So if you want to work on building your glutes, you want to work on building your shoulders, you want to work on your triceps or your biceps, whatever it is, you could have one day that's a specialization day. I've had um, a client with this training split. They did upper, lower, upper, lower, and they had a chin-up specialization day to get more practice in on doing their chin-ups. Um, you could also, with five or six days, do a push pull leg day and you rotate through those. So push day, pull day, legs day, push day, pull day, leg day. Um, if you are a beginner, if you're like, I have not even been training very long, or if you've just been very training, training very sporadically, don't go for five or six days. You don't need that. Go for three or four days. If you are a relative beginner, or even an early intermediate. Go for three or four days. All right, our next step is going to be for to have you consider the total volume. Volume is the amount of work being done. Okay, so it is a key factor in the effectiveness of your workouts. If you have too little volume, you're not going to have the stimulus you need for change. Change being building muscle. If you have too much volume, you will not be able to recover appropriately and that is going to inhibit your results. It can even be dangerous when we take it to an extreme. So extreme training volume is not your friend and not getting enough volume is not your friend. So how much volume should you be doing? A good rule of thumb, a nice sweet spot is 10 to 21 effective sets. So we don't want to just mean, when I say effective sets, what I mean is to bring enough intensity so if the set is supposed to have 10 reps, rep 10 should feel like I can't do more than one or two. If you just hit rep 10 and stop, even though you could do 14, that's not an effective set. So we want 10 to 21 effective sets per muscle per week. Okay, do you want me to say that again? 10 to 21 effective sets per muscle per week. If you are a beginner, you can skew towards the low end of that. And if you are more intermediate, you can go higher. If when you're a beginner, any stimulus is going to be enough to cause adaptation. And so if you're doing, you know, 10 sets per muscle per week, great, great. So there you go with the volume. Next up, 
you're going to think about what exercises to do. I wonder if you were like, wait a minute, we have not, we're on step five and we haven't even talked about names of exercises yet. It's because there's a lot that goes into this and we're just barely touching. I'm just barely scratching the surface of each of these topics. We could go on and on and do like a full episode on each of these topics. I'm just going to give you a, little, a broad overview here. So the first time we're even talking about which specific exercises you do, we're already at step five. So which specific exercises should you do? You should, across your training week, each week, have some variation of a squat. So we're talking, it could be a goblet squat. It could be um, a barbell back squat. It could be a front squat. It could be a Bulgarian split squat. Um, some variation of a lunge. So, And that's a squat pattern. So we'll put that with the squat patterns. So it could be a static lunge, a reverse lunge, uh, a forward lunge, a walking lunge, any kind of lunge. Okay, so you want to get those varieties in there. You want to get some variety of a hip hinge. So those would be your deadlifting movements and your pull-through movements. So Romanian deadlift, kettlebell deadlift, you know, conventional barbell deadlift, sumo barbell deadlift. Um, also hip hinging would be, like I said, like a cable pull-through. You want to have an upper body vertical push. So an upper body push that's going vertical. All of a sudden, I forgot what vertical meant. <laughs> I was like, wait, which is vertical? <laughs> vertical. So we're talking things like overhead presses, um, military presses, you know, with a barbell, um, any kind of pressing movement. So vertical push. And then you want to have an upper body horizontal push. So we're talking bench press, uh, dumbbell chest press. You want to have those in there. You want to have an upper body vertical pull. So that could be a pull up. It could be a chin up. It could be a lat pull down. And then you want to have an upper body horizontal pull. So that could be a dumbbell row, a bent over barbell row, a bat wing row. So you want to have those variations in there. Did I get them all? Core. You want to have some core in there. Now, a lot of these exercises I've just named, you're going to use some core. But that doesn't mean you don't have to actually program some core as well. It doesn't need to be a ton. It follows the same guidelines. So, you know, doing 10 sets of core is plenty. You do not need an entire workout day dedicated to your abs. You don't. All right. That's literally it as, as far as exercises. You want to take into consideration up your where you're at in your ability. You don't need to have a barbell back squat on your training plan. You can just as well do um, a goblet squat and get a good training effect. It doesn't have to be the most advanced exercise to get you a really good training effect. All right, step six, how do we organize those exercises we just discussed? There's not one way to do this, but there are general guidelines. So let's talk through those. You want to start, if you're going to program power exercises, those would come first. I do not give most of my clients power exercises on most of their training programs. I do train, I do program them, but not for everybody all the time. So power exercises, these are ones that are involving not just strength, but strength and speed. Okay. So there's going to be explosiveness here. So we're talking about things like cleans and snatches, speed deadlifts, box jumps. The reps with these should be low. So you should not be doing a ton of reps. You could do a ton of sets, but the reps should be low. They can even be as low as one. I've had one reps a lot on training plans, um, you know, 10 sets of one of various kinds of jumping that I do. So the reps should be low, one, two, three, four. Um, and the sets can be 
they could be anywhere. They could be three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like I said, even 10. You want to get full recovery between these sets. You want to be able to generate that explosive power, right? These are our power exercises. So you want to have enough rest. So we're talking two, three, four minutes of rest between your sets. Those are going to come first in your training plan if you put them in. You do not have to put them in. The power would come first. Next up after that is going to be your strength exercises. And these are going to be done in the one to five rep range. Okay. The intensity is going to be high. That means it's going to be heavy. You're going to be lifting heavy weight for this low rep range, one to five reps. These um, are things like barbell squats, barbell deadlifts, you know, both conventional and sumo, bench press variations, uh, hip thrust variations. So we're talking heavy weight, low rep. Again, you want to have enough rest time to fully recover. So two to three minutes of rest. Time your rest period so you give yourself that full time. So those would come next in the training plan. One or two. You don't need to do, don't, you shouldn't be doing more than two of these strength exercises. One is fine. Two is good as well. After that, we move into our, uh, it's so funny. Whenever I see this word written, I want to say it wrong. I'm thinking, I know how to pronounce the word. Hypertrophy. This means muscle building, uh, the muscle building range. Now, research shows us you can build muscle in all of the rep ranges. You can build muscle in that one to five rep range. You can. You can also build it in the 12 up rep range. The the issue why this, this rep range, this eight to 12 rep range is called the muscle building rep range, the hypertrophy rep range. Well, first of all, it was once believed that really, that was the only place you could really build muscle. You just built strength at the lower rep ranges and you just built endurance at the higher rep ranges. What research has shown us is that is not true. You can build uh, muscle in all of the rep ranges. This is a really optimal range because it is just so efficient at doing that. To get in the amount of volume you're going to need to build muscle in those low rep ranges is not going to be easy, right? If you're doing sets of three, you're going to need a lot of volume there. So get that in for your strength. And of course, it's still building muscle. And then the same thing with the other end of the spectrum, because the deal is you can't, um, you still have to be lifting close to failure. So if you want to use a light weight, okay, think about doing um, uh, like a body weight squat to get to failure or close to failure, you're going to have to do a lot of squats, right? Imagine doing a body weight squat. Like how many could you do before you really couldn't do another one or we're very close to not being able to do another one? I'd be a lot of squats. Okay. So it would be more efficient if you just held a heavy dumbbell and did fewer, and then you could work in that, um, that six to 10 rep range. I feel like I've, I've changed the numbers here on you that the, 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 the rep range we're talking about, this muscle building rep range is anywhere that six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 rep range, even up, you know, 11 and close to 12, pretty much above 12. That's your, your muscle endurance rep range. Um, but in this rep range, we're talking about, you know, the six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 rep range. Um, you're going to be doing both compound and you can do some isolation exercises in here. The first set, the strength exercises, those are your compound movements. This part is going to be mostly compound. There could be some isolation in here. Um, what did I miss telling you about here? Usually I have three to five exercises in this rep range, in this six to 12 rep range, three to five exercises, 60 to 90 second rest. So your rest period can come down a little bit. 
So these would be all kinds of exercises could fit in here. So you could be doing um, Romanian deadlifts. You could be doing dumbbell Romanian deadlifts. You could be doing lat pull downs. You could be doing uh, dumbbell rows, barbell rows. Um, you could be doing single arm pull downs. You could be doing seated cable rows. Lots of exercises that can work in this rep range. The idea is um, with all of these rep ranges, you want to go close to failure, if not um, right at failure, depending on the exercise. I don't want you failing at um, the barbell back squats. That can that can be dangerous. Um, okay, where am I at now? So the twelve and up rep range—that's the muscular endurance rep range. You know, there's been a lot of Miss um, myths out there saying like this is the toning zone. If you want to tone your body, if you want to burn fat and look lean and toned, this is what you should be doing: high rep, low weight. And that's actually not at all true. It's not at all true. That is, I don't care what Gwyneth Paltrow's trainer tells you. It is not the case. You do not build lean, long muscle at high rep ranges. It actually doesn't make any sense. There's no such thing as long, lean muscle. Your muscles have attachments and insertions. They are where they are. If you build muscle, you build muscle, and that's going to make you look toned. If you have fat on top of that muscle, you might look bulkier. And so that's a matter of losing fat. Does that make sense? Think about that for a minute. Your muscles can't get longer. Not doing Pilates, not doing high rep like Gwyneth Paltrow. What is her trainer's name? It's all of a sudden escaping me. You know who I mean. She's always talking about her. Um, but that's not to say that this higher rep range is useless. It's not at all. It's great for doing isolation moves. So things, so we're talking reps of 12, you know, 15, even up 20 and more. So things um, that are isolation exercises. So things like biceps and triceps, tricep, uh, tricep extensions, bicep curls, lateral raises, rear delt raises, face pulls, all of those kinds of things, working these isolated movements. So when I'm talking about, we're not talking about multi-joint movements, we're talking about single joint movements. These are fantastic for that, these isolation exercises and these higher rep ranges. And I do include these in most, if not all of my training plans for my clients. Um, a couple, one, two, three uh, exercises in this rep range at the end of the training plan. So the order that I've given these to you in is the order that I put them in in a training plan. I know this is a lot to digest, and I'm sure it sparked many questions in your mind. You can hit me up on Instagram DMs. You can send me an email, kim at kimschlagfitness.com, and we can talk more on another episode about the questions that this has brought to mind, because I'm sure it has brought many one I know I am going to get for sure because I get it all the time is how can I learn about this? Like, how do I, how did you learn about this, Kim? I did learn some of this in my personal training certification, but not nearly as much as you might think. You might be surprised. I certainly learned a few important um, training principles, the, the principle of specificity, progressive overload. I learned about what the muscles are in the body and what they do. That was a big piece of it. But a lot of this other stuff I learned by self-study, studying other coaches, studying articles and studying their training plans. So, you know, I started many years ago reading articles by Tony Gentlecore and Molly Galbraith and Eric Cressy, Mia Shank, Sohi Lee. Of course, my coach, Jordan Syed, I have poured over his training plans for hours and hours at a time and then peppered him with questions. And to this day, I do this. Like, I love learning about this stuff. 
I literally right now in my phone notes have some questions about training for him. Uh, we have call tomorrow and I'll be asking him some training questions tomorrow. So it's a really good way to learn is to study other coaches programs and ask some questions. One of the best ways to do it is to hire a coach, do their programming and then ask them questions about it. It's a fantastic way to learn. I'll ask Jordan all the time, like, why did you program this this way this time? And it's very different from how you should do it. Like, here's my thoughts. I think you're trying to do X. Is that right? And often I'm right, but sometimes I'm not. <laughs> sometimes it's like, that's not at all what I was doing. A um, couple book recommendations for you. Starting strength and practical programming for strength training are useful. Nia Shanks's book, Lift Like a Girl, and Sohi Lee's Eat, Lift, Thrive, also incredibly useful. Mike Matthews' uh, Thinner, Leaner, Stronger is a book that I used years ago that I learned a lot from as well. All right. I hope that this has helped you. I hope that it has given you food for thought and helped you consider what you might do in your training um, to get the results that you are looking for. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.